live from the fish tank. It is your host, Ronnie. We are here with a uh, bit of a different uh, style of episode today. Uh, I have a guest host who is going to turn the tables on me, put my feet to the fire, and put me through the ringer with, I think the final tally was 32 questions uh, from more than half of the league. So, uh, very good turnout. I guess it just it takes me and all the antics and all the things I say in the chat to uh, to get this many comments from people. But if that's what it takes to have a, a long, entertaining podcast, uh, the sacrifice of me being a colossal douche in the chat is worth it, I guess. So without further ado, I will turn it over to our uh, guest host here, Alex, the, the one man who has my number in all walks of life and no one better to uh, to put me to the fire than Alex. So take it away, Alex. Welcome to the Fargo Dome, the true north of DSAC now that Dylan is no longer with us. Today we have with us the self-appointed assistant to the commissioner, a lab rat who lives in the city most likely to catch a stray bullet, the first and hopefully only owner to buy a fleshlight as a mascot. <laughs> Someone someone whose Tiki Torch collection is only rivaled by his baseball card collection. And finally, the only man who's flexible enough to put both feet in his mouth. <laughs> Here's Ronnie. Wow, okay, that was really good. I would let, I would like to clarify I, I don't live in Detroit or Flint. But yeah. Well I live in a suburb. Close enough. A, a, a relatively uppity suburb. But yeah. I, I really appreciate the uh, putting both my, both feet in my mouth comment. That's quite accurate. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're the only one I've ever seen do it. So yeah, frequently too, might I add. For sure. Well, we we've got a long interview here. Um, I'll get us started with some comments before I get to the questions from our dearly departed league mate Dylan. Oh, that's nice of him to participate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, he said um, he wanted me to mention that he'll miss your talent for taking any conversation and making it about yourself. Yep. And that he'll think of you anytime he sees Corbin Burns mentioned, because only you can manage to overpay him or overpay maybe the best pitcher in MLB. I'll have Dylan know that he also went above twenty million with me, so he would have done he it did. too. Not that he'll listen. He was, uh, apparently, he was backing out at whatever price. I don't know. Yeah. It's easy to say that after it happens. True. But he also wanted me to he also wanted me to mention that he'll miss all the high leaks from the league as a whole, and that he endorses me as the future overall champion once I get my football team sorted out. Yeah. Which I appreciate that, Dylan, but I've got a chance at winning it this year so we'll see you would need a lot to go right you would need to pretty much need to win the title in both yeah yeah basically i have to do that and maybe hope that you get knocked down early in basketball if i even make it i like to think i will but it's it's a really tight race in the standings yeah so well i've got a lot of questions so i'll get into it um Anyway, I was doing some research. I was looking into your teams, and I thought, man, if I had traded away that many first-round picks 
with zero championships to show for it. I don't know if I could look myself in the mirror. Anyway, I got a lot of questions. So number one, how dare you? Just in general? That that was an office reference for the uninitiated. Yeah, like so that's just a general question. Yeah, I mean I, it was just an office reference. You don't have to answer that one. Okay. <laughs> Off to a great start. <laughs> okay, so as the most successful fantasy player in the league, why do you have zero championships? Um, things just have not quite gone my way yet. I, uh, the, well, I think I've, I've documented well the, the football issues. I mean, quite, quite literally documented it. Um, but yeah, outside of that, just, uh, piss poor management in basketball. I don't claim to be good there. Uh, baseball, I tried to tank, but was too bad at tanking because I'm too good. And then hockey, uh, I got McDavided. We'll see this year. It's a new year for hockey, and I'm not confident at all, especially after you guys traded. Well, this question isn't on here, but since you brought it up, what went through your mind as you saw those trades from me and Chris? Well, I knew they were happening because I was talking with Tom, and I, I knew they were going down before uh, anything even popped up in the chat. But just general, like, disappointment and also kind of like acceptance of like yeah i guess i just didn't quite have the uh, the assets left to to entice tom enough but definitely scrambling to figure out like okay what can i do because i think i might have mentioned this exact phrase to you but like you myself and chris have essentially colonized the rest of the league you've just gone and taken what we wanted and left them with hardly anything so I don't know. We've we've pretty much turned over every stone, so I'll I'll have to figure out how I can try to try to get a little better around the the edges. Maybe try to add another big player, but I don't know if I'll be able to have one available to me. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when you don't have Troy Terry on your team, lots of things can go wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how how much that rings true after you uh, you traded him. So. We'll see. He's, he's been on the team already for the year, so we've got the magic of Troy Terry already over in Fargo. But I'll move on to the next question. Do you try to succeed in fantasy leagues because you failed to have any measure of success in actual athletics? Uh, I, I'll, I made the all-conference team in tennis for uh, academics multiple times, so that's technically... For academics? Yeah. That is technically an, an athletic award, but not for the uh, oh, no. part of it. <laughs> uh, I, my, my football career, completely undefeated and a league champion. So I got that on my belt. I played one year. We went 4-0. Um, then I, re I retired in fifth grade due to concerns about my long-term future with concussions. Um, we won a, a championship in roller hockey when I was in like elementary school, so that was fun. But yeah, generally speaking, yeah, not exactly a ton of uh, of success there. It's definitely more of a, a living vicariously through the people who are actually good at sports. Yeah, did you have a concussion in fifth grade or no, whatever? No, I'm just trying to make myself sound really like poignant and smart as a as a child. And, oh, yeah. Oh, it would have explained some things, but. <laughs> mm. That's mean. 
right, next question from this right end. And I'll just let you interpret it however you want. It says, at what age did you realize you weren't cut out for it? Okay, very open-ended. Um, I don't know if we've gotten to that point yet. I've more or less done the things I've wanted to have done by this age, so. But in terms of uh, cut out for it being good at fantasy, uh, well, we'll we'll see how many years it takes of me not winning a championship before we get there. They're off to a decent start already. Yeah, well, fair enough. Hopefully, we can all keep you from ever winning, but we'll see. All right. At what age did Bryce Harper pop your cherry? <laughs> well, if you had been on the Sports Illustrated cover in 2009, that would have been spring slash summer 2009 because that was when the uh, Red Wings and Penguins were having their second of back-to-back -back finals. So if you do the math here, let's say same age I've been in 2008, so I'd be uh, like 12 and a half. That's pretty specific. Must have been <laughs> very memorable. No, I, I just I remember when, when the Sports Illustrated issue came out. I mean, when he was on the cover, and that was my first real exposure to him as a as a potential player, and well, that's how old I was. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do remember him being on the cover, but I I could not have told you when that was. I only remember because it was, as I mentioned, Wings and Penguins for the second time, and I'm not over that yet. That would have been 2009, so... Uh, the last time the Red Wings were relevant, as I like to say. Around there, yeah. All right. Uh, are you an only child because your father scheduled a vasectomy after the first time he saw you? Uh, no, and I get to pull out a, a big trump card here. I am an only child because when I was born, I was stubborn, believe it or not. And the doctors found an, uh, an irregularity with my mom's ovaries. Uh, they found that it was cancerous, and she had at least one ovary taken out. And then eventually, we just ended up having like a whole hysterectomy, like within a good couple of years of me being born. So they had planned on more, but it just wasn't meant to be for them. Wow. So they're suck at whoever asked that question. <laughs> I'm sure they they feel terrible. They better. <laughs> All right, you're you're very proud of Ferris State. Why have I never heard of it? Because uh, you aren't very worldly. I'm sorry that you have an open mind or a very closed mind and a very narrow scope of focus. No, it's it's a really tiny school in uh, like north, not even like the on the west side of the state, kind of like the northern part of the Lower Peninsula. It's really not all that big and outside of like football lately and like d1 hockey if anyone even follows college hockey you probably have no reason to have heard of it yeah i, I mean i i had heard of it because of chris kunitz uh but that's about it um for the record i'm 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 reading the questions that were written in as if i'm asking them well yeah uh, so Moving on. 
some teams have it all. Solid, healthy rosters, championship trophies, and belts. And along with that, some bloated contracts. What is it like knowing that you only have one of those? Uh, I assume that would be the bloated contracts part of it. I think yeah, I've done. Sure. I think I've done a decent job of not having like a wealth of bad contracts on my books. Um, I think I'm going to call some in football this off season, but we'll we'll get there. I mean, I've have quite literally all my chips in for for football. There's my shot, and then hockey. All it takes is a counter Hellebuck to not have to face Edmonton in the playoff rounds, and I check the schedule, and he does not. So I have that going for me, but uh, yeah, it doesn't feel great. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think the spirit of the question was mostly just the uh, tight cap situations. Uh, plus, the um, we all know the Burns co- contracts massive, and well, yeah. he's Very looks good. like he'll be really good for a while, but. Um, may never truly be worth that amount of money. Uh, yeah. that, that would be the only one. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking at your sheets right now or anything, but that's the only one I remember. Yeah, that's uh, one that I can really could be bloated. Yeah, and, and with him, honestly, whatever his value is, the, the difference between what, for example, your app will, will tell me what the value is and what I'm actually paying him, the, the difference is is less than his worth to me in terms of memes. So... I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, why did you decide to name your team after a bottom-feeding fish that lives in a polluted river? Oh, well, you know what? Now that I say it out loud, it kind of makes sense. Well, yeah. Uh, honestly, this is uh, something that, that's what my dad fishes for when he goes out fishing. So... I've been on the boat with him many, many times growing up, and it just made sense to to pick a, a a a very specific regional thing that I wanted to. So, but yeah, it is a very polluted river. Like I mentioned this in the chat, like you, we have like limits or like suggested limits on how much uh, different types of fish we eat from the river, depending on where you're at. And I mean, living a little around an area, it's called uh, Chemical Valley, because over in Sarnia, the Canadian city, the major Canadian city on the other side, uh, there's a lot of like chemical plants and different like waste being dumped into the river. Yeah, I, I did not even know about that. that yeah, I think we had at least- kind of scary sounding. We had at least like one case, like a super rare childhood cancer. Might've been more than one, but I remember like the mother of that child really made like a stink about stuff in the river too and i i don't know how much merit there was to it but that was that was like some small town drama when i was growing up as if the greater detroit area couldn't get less appealing i will say it is a fair bit north of detroit for to be quite honest but yeah it is it, is, it isn't exactly a, a glamorous area there's like there's like two big cities in the in the state and it's Detroit and Grand Rapids so Have you considered changing the name of the blue water walleye to the blue water possum with your team's propensity to play dead in tense situations? 
that uh, is that's not a bad idea. Although, like, and from my, you know, as like a, coming from like a background of someone who liked to watch wrestling as a kid, uh, playing possum means like you're playing dead and then you come back to win. So I like to think that is a compliment to me. But the walleye here to stay. That is that is a great nickname, and I don't want to spend money on a stuffed possum. Wow. Or make a, uh, or make a new shirt. At this moment, I'll go ahead and point out that you are zero and five in belt matchups. Yeah. Well. Which. Not. I mean, obviously, you haven't been that many yet, but it is also the. Uh, most appearances in a belt matchup with zero wins. Well, how many of those came before the belt was even really like conceptualized? That I don't know. Okay. But at least one, because we were in the hockey championship against each other, and that I technically counted as one. Yeah, I think we, we played twice in hockey and at least once in basketball, so I think at least three of them have come after your idea, so... Oh wait, no, never mind. No, we'll be. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I, duh, you didn't. Uh, you didn't like do them from last year. They all. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do it at all last year. I started I, it this year, well, um, just based off of the championships. Well, well, don't I look like an idiot then? I, I was thinking some of them were like residual from last year, but that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, no, there. We did not have any belt matches last year because we did not have a championship. Yeah. Or, a champion, I should say. Yeah, very astute point. Thank you for helping me back myself into another corner on this. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, which question? With the war chest of draft picks you have, who is your favorite football prospect from a fantasy standpoint? Uh, well, I have Nico Collins and uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., and, oh, I think I think this means for the upcoming draft. If you've done any thought on that. Oh, um, I have not. But let's see. From on offense, I, th- I think Hassan Haskins would be the only real Michigan player of note who would be in the draft. So I guess let's go with uh, Hassan Haskins. He's probably going to be like a, a day three pick. I was going to say I have no idea who that is. Uh, he set a Michigan record for rushing touchdowns in the season. He ran for, I think, four or five against Ohio State this year. It, it was very cathartic watching Michigan just absolutely dominate them on the line of scrimmage and just run the ball down their throats at will for multiple scores. All right, well, I'll try to take him in the third round or something. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> and speaking of football... Uh, you always seem to start with theoretically good teams that always seem to uh, end in some sort of catastrophic downfall. Have you ever considered that you're the problem? Um, no, it's the injury side of the problem. And I don't know if I've ever like always started with like I mean we in my my little manifesto there I guess if you want to call it uh, the as I noted my draft was not very good. Um, it, it took a lot of work to even make my team look good on paper, even though they don't actually play well on paper. They haven't yet. But, yeah, nope, it is very clearly not a, not a Ronnie issue. It's, a, it's an unfortunate and 
inopportune uh, timing with injuries. As guys are just trying to Ben Simmons their way onto other teams, I guess. Ah, nope. That won't work because I'm not trading any of these guys. I I have I have spent all these draft picks to acquire these injury riddle players. I'm not going to stop until I absolutely have to. Well, as someone who's used to it, do you have any tips for walleye fans, particularly new walleye fans, on how to deal with losing in the playoffs? Um, the, the phrase, there's always next year, really helps. You, you really have to live by that as like your, your mantra there. I would maybe even recommend getting that tattooed on your body somewhere in a, a place where you can easily see it and be reminded of it every day so you can keep up the positive attitude. Uh, I, I recommend uh, looking at the roster and thinking, man, just if, if, if this team stays healthy, we can uh, we can have something here. And I recommend looking at the rosters of the teams who are dead last in the league and use that to make yourself feel better. All right. And which do you prefer? Losing to me in football or losing to me in everything else? <laughs> oh, God. Um. Well, if I could pick an actual, if I could pick one of the sports, I would say basketball, because that's the one that I don't really, like, I, I fully admit that that's not going to be designed to be a, a great team. Uh, losing to you in football was probably the worst, and that's because, like, that's the one sport where I can confidently say I'd like my team more than yours. So I, I, I guess, based on the way you phrase it, everything else would be what I prefer as opposed to football, but yeah. Football is definitely the, the lowest of my order of preference. Yeah, well, if only I'd started t Taylor Heineke in week one. I, I st that would have been the, the perfect start to this. And the, the best part is that would have been a, uh, that would have knocked me out of the playoffs too. Yeah, so, anyway, You've been a good sport with the kind of roasty questions. That's uh, all? <laughs> okay. That's it for those. Uh, going from here on out, it's going to be more um, just general fun stuff. All right. You guys are weak. But <laughs> I will say, though, that losing to you in week one when I didn't start Taylor Heineke because uh, I mean, he wasn't starting that week. So why would I have started him? Yeah. Um, and then I lost, I think I beat Dylan. I didn't see. I'm surprised nobody mentioned that. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that Dylan, a team with only one quarterback <laughs> in that one quarterback who was on a bye week while uh, Calvin Ridley walked away from football because he mentally had enough. And because Emmanuel Sanders put up a big fat zero, Dylan, who had pretty much only seven players put up points, beat me. No one wants to mention that. The most embarrassing loss in, in the probably say in the history of the league. Like I even ping winning wasn't even that embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I guess people just didn't want to get into the specifics. Um, but that's that is fine. I. 
I'm just asking what the people gave me. All right. I, I had some questions in there too, but um, yeah. But if I had started Heineke and beaten you week one, and or if I had lost Dylan whenever I played him, you, you would have missed the playoffs. So just kicking myself for flipping those. Uh, uh, results. Well, you can at least, you know, rest easy knowing that you definitely helped the, the opposite happen the previous year in a year where I was even more confident where we had the infamous, uh, that chart looks like a W cause that's what I'm going to do. Uh, comment. Whereas this year, even at the end, I was, I was already nervy, like, Oh boy, this is not gonna, I need like a whole lot to go right for me to even get in. And thankfully it did. All right, this next question comes from someone uh, in our group who's a big music fan. Uh, you may be able to guess who it is, but they wanted to know if you'd heard of an indie band called Tripped Into Eden. Uh, I, I, I'd never heard of them. I'm not really big into music. Uh, uh, he said that one of them has some sort of connection to Ferris. Tripped Into Eden? Uh, tripped Into Eden, these nuts. God damn it. <laughs> I was gonna say that that sounds like a very Nathan band too. Like that's that sounds like the type of music that Nathan will listen to, but fuck. <sighs> that was a that was a that was a Paolo question. I'm sure he'll be happy. He'll be thrilled with how that one came out. I didn't think it was gonna work to be honest. <laughs> well that, that's that's a unique setup. I, I can't say I've heard that setup before. Yeah. Hey. And no. Okay, yeah, I, uh, we're just back from the little twenty-five minute pause thing. See, I was sure I was where exactly it was, but that was that was Paolo's joke. Hope he enjoys it. I didn't think it was gonna work. I'm so mad at myself for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, next actual question from one of the new people in the league. They just wanted us to explain the off season in these leagues. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll kind of start. I know usually, uh, not really even usually, every time we wait until I think a week after the championship of whatever sport. And Real life. that's like your grace period to make any moves on the previous year's salary cap. Yeah, and I, I know I said the, the real life one too, like like our championship. Like baseball, it's after, yeah, the, yeah. after the real World Series, not ours. Yeah, so you'll want to make some moves there to help yourself out in the future. Um, and then I guess for... Uh, do we usually do free agency or drafts first for the uh, sports where the drafts are in the offseason? Uh, that's a good point. I honestly don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, I would assume we would do uh, uh, the draft first, right? Because we wanted we want to probably wait for free agency to see how the real life draft could possibly affect people's situations. 
Like like if you're yeah. like if you're in football and you're bidding on a running back, you get a running back for like three years, eight million dollars, whatever agency. And then a week later, the real draft happens, and that team uses a second round pick on a running back. You're like, oh, well, that's true. Yeah, I'd imagine we do the draft first. Uh, yeah. Apologies to whoever asked the question and thought we'd, you'd get a real actual answer. <laughs> I mean, I think we did a decent enough job. It's it's pretty chill. Um, just like. Make any edits early on, uh, any any uh, contract drops that you can to go on the previous year's cap, and then we'll do free agency. Uh, one player will be bid. I mean, we'll do the draft next, and I mean, you know how a draft works. It's just a snake draft based on no, the no, lottery. It's not a snake. Oh my gosh, I didn't mean to say snake, but regular draft based on the lottery results and then free agency one player gets nominated at a time and we we take turns bidding and we absolutely must take turns because god forbid you try to go out of turn chris will <laughs> eat your your firstborn child doesn't matter if that child is like seven years old or hasn't been born yet he will eat it so yeah hopefully that clear some things up. Um, and yeah, here, here's a question that's actually directed at you in particular. Do you feel any pressure to not lose uh, this week in basketball uh, against a former piece of property? Uh, not really. I mean, for obvious reasons, as I said, like I don't really expect to like actually do much in basketball. I, I like to think I can make the playoffs. But like you can look at my roster composition and you can see that it's pretty much a how can Ronnie fit his favorite players underneath the salary cap situation here. So uh, I ideally I would like to win because my opponent is uh, not exactly a great team. I would feel a little disappointment, but I would feel more disappointment losing to a, an equally bad team as my opponent in basketball in a different sport, though. Yeah, uh, I don't. I have not looked at Mike's new team. Other than I've seen him dropping former Raptors that don't really play anymore. Yeah, dropping Delano <laughs> Banton and Barry, picking him up for who knows why. That's I don't understand it. I mean, he he literally, as you as you called back in the chat, said like, yeah, I didn't want to make a claim because I like my team enough on Biombo. And then he goes out and adds someone who is demonstrably worse, someone who's played like five games this entire month. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it works out. But I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love me some Luca Garza. I'm not adding Luca Garza to my team yet. And Luca Garza has been more productive than Delano Banton. <laughs> Barry's had that Schoonthorpe. I'm assuming I'm saying Schoon, that right. Schoonthorpe. He's had that Schoonthorpe magic lately where it seems like all his players are performing pretty well yeah that is fair but we'll see if it works for delano or not um next question now that you are the acting commissioner how easy is it to rig a 100 yard dash uh i don't know i don't uh, handle those parts chris has kept me under uh he's more or less like locked me out of of all that stuff i i can edit the sheets i can uh approve trades but i 
that is all I can do. He has made me very, very powerless in, in the real scope of things here. Well, what you got to do is just run the lotteries and see if they stick. Yeah, I can do that. Or maybe I'll just find other ways to, to do this. I'll like make Bryce Harper's contract like $2 million. Like, I don't know how that happened. We'll, <laughs> we'll go from there. Well, that's a good segue into the next question. Um, let's see. It's a sex, marry, kill question, which I'll let you. I, I, you, you're, I love how you just censor yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but your three options are Corbin Burns, Steph Curry, and Bryce Harper. Oh, God. Um, I thought that was a pretty good list. That is. I mean, you really should have thrown Clay Thompson if you wanted a basketball one. I'm admittedly more of a Thompson fan than a Curry fan. Oh, I didn't. I thought you were more of a Steph fan. Nope. But I guess Clay hasn't really been playing, so. Yeah, you guys haven't really had a chance to see me get all excited open. He scores like 17 points, three rebounds, two assists. Um, Jeez. I, I, I think just out of length of fandom, Harper has to be the Mary. I'm in it for the long haul with him. Um, and I guess who was more attractive than between Corbin and Curry? Um, okay, I got it right here. Uh, Steph will be the, the fuck, and Kill will be Corbin because that means I get his salary. So that, that's how I'll answer that question. Poor Corbin. Well, well, he has another year here. If he does the same thing, maybe that's a different answer to the question. Yeah, and like, Steph doesn't break out of his slump. Yeah, and honestly, that's another part too. It, it, it's more of a pity thing with Steph because clearly, as we've shown, as he's shown, he can't really score right now. So I'm throwing him a bone there, in more ways than one. I guess I I didn't think about that before I said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. All right. As some, the next couple questions are. Related to your job, okay. It's uh, what's the coolest part about working at a university, and are there any specific perks that come along with that? Well, the the, the perks would be uh, like cheap insurance and a two to one retirement match. That's really fun. Oh, two to one. Yeah. Like you put in a dollar, they put two dollars in. Yeah, it's it's, crazy. it's 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 set at uh five percent of your salary. Oh, okay. So, okay, that's. That's the catch. I mean, but still, though, 15% of your salary every check. I'll take it. Um, oh. Wait, so you did 5% of your salary? They'll do 10%? Yeah. Okay, that's that's still that's more than I thought you said. But, well, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, at 2 to 1. So for every percent I put in, they put 2% in. But they you can't toggle it from 5. It's, it's set at 5. Yeah, my job is... I think I mentioned it in the chat at one point. They um, they advertise it as like a 3% match or whatever. So they'll match you up to 3%. Yeah. Uh, but then they capped that 3% at $1,000. Oh, that's lame. <laughs> it's like nobody's job is uh, 
nobody working here has like a three percent of their salary is only a thousand dollars. So come on. Yeah. But I, it's like I said when I when I first started, we didn't have any match. So like it's it's better than when I started. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, and then I guess to further and that from like a non like actual like compensation perspective uh having access to the public transit system is nice if you ever need it all the different like buses throughout campus um like to and from like parking lots where you might park or anything uh it, it's great access for like funding so like my my lab is always gonna be very well funded and very well equipped uh i like that my job is a little less demand a lot less demanding than uh, someone in industry, like I'm sure Josh can relate, like when you're in the industry and you have like big, like I don't say products, but like, like high throughput jobs and you have like on like a very strict timeline, you can end up having days where you might have to work overtime. That never really happens for me. So it's it's very relaxed and I, I still get to enjoy the, the, the science-y parts of it that I, I got into it for. Cool. Uh, and then in the same vein, uh, what is your ideal job in the science world? And if you had to pick any other line of work, what would it be? Uh, I think I don't want to say like this is necessarily my ideal job. Like with, within the same idea, like I, I prefer the uh, the more like research based to the uh, as opposed to like the industry. Now the industry isn't research, but I don't want to call it academia either because I'm not really teaching anything. I, I like being in the university setting. Uh, maybe more like a higher up, like a lab manager, I think would be pretty cool. Uh, having the chance to kind of like oversee things and, and help help put out papers. I do have one paper that I'm on that is going to be going through like peer review and before, before we publish it, but that'll be my first one. But yeah, just I guess in general, having more uh, more opportunities with actual hands-on research projects because we're still a bit of like a, a real relatively speaking, a newer lab. So that's still stuff we're working towards on a few projects, but yeah, so I'm already kind of there. And then outside of outside of that, well, probably something in sports. I don't, know, I don't know about a journalist maybe, but like, I feel like it'd be really fun to like work in like a front office somewhere. But I feel like, yeah. that's, I feel like that's a cop on answer though. Yeah, I've, I've felt the same way. Like I, it could be cool. Um, being on that side of things. But anytime I've like actually thought, hey, I wonder if that kind of thing exists, you like kind of look around. It's like, ah, feels like a, a industry where you have to know somebody to get in. Yeah, at least on the the front office side, like within like yeah. within like communications or whatever, or more like the the, the non sports part of it. It's a little easier, I would say, but for like scouting or coaching stuff, yeah, you definitely have to kind of go through a few avenues and probably know a few people. Yeah. All right, next question. If the city, Detroit, was a pro athlete and they they ask her, noted that it'd be a non-Detroit pro athlete, um, who would the athlete be and why is the correct answer, Joakim Noah? No is a, a decent answer. I was going to say like Isaiah Thomas, but if I can't use a Detroit one, um, who is somebody who is? Oh, they also said try to avoid using NHL players, uh, so everybody can get it. 
Okay. Wow, that's I feel targeted there. Um, <laughs> okay, so someone it would be someone who is probably not from an overly wealthy family. Not that I, I don't know these athletes' families, so we're talking about a very like blue collar mindset. Not afraid to to get in the middle of things. Um, man, this is tough. Like I'm, I'm struggling to like think of like an exact athlete here. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of defensive specialists in basketball. Um, yeah, because yeah, you see, he's like Matisse Tybel is like a big defensive guy. But I don't know if I would really necessarily classify him as that. Um, like Jokic isn't afraid to get in the middle of things, but like I don't know if that's a great comp, but someone who definitely came from not an uh, an exact opportune upbringing has that work ethic, not afraid to be in the middle of things. Um, this might be one that I'll uh, I might just edit this on to like the end of like a podcast at the end of this podcast if I think of a better name. Yeah. Because I, I really feel okay. bad for kind of hemming and hawing and just having a lot of dead air on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Jokic and then I thought of uh, Jimmy Butler because he was yelling at Jokic. Uh, well, oh, Butler's yeah. a good one too. I, I think we'll just, we'll just use Jimmy Butler as this. Yeah. He, he's a good uh, blue collar type NBA player. Okay, so who has been your best – what has been your best call on a minor league player? And I'm, I'm guessing it's baseball, it just as minor league. Yeah, well, I haven't exactly had anyone, like – I haven't called anyone up in baseball yet, really. Like, well, it, it doesn't have to be, like, a call-up, I guess. Just – like, it, and on maybe not even strictly based on DSAC. Like, it could be if you – done dynasty oh. leagues before this yeah i was in like a a, a a a big keeper league when i was like in middle school and high school but like not we didn't have like farm systems um, okay so prospects there didn't really matter like if we're talking about like being right on someone like by default it might just be akil badu but that would require me to have like actually believed it before it happened and i, and I admittedly didn't <laughs> Um, man, like Corbin Carroll is trending in a good direction. Uh, can I just say, like, I guess we'll just go default on hockey, or can I just say, like, Trevor Zegers and Jacob Chikrin? I mean, yeah, like, those are pretty good. So those are two guys I wanted Detroit to pick at their respective draft positions, and they were drafted after Detroit's picks in each of those drafts. Well, like, I guess Detroit traded out of the Chikrin pick, and so they picked after him. But, yeah, we'll, we'll go with those two as, as guys who weren't, like, surefire number one picks. So sorry for the hockey references again for whoever was <laughs> annoying not to put that in their comment. Well, the next two questions are specifically about hockey. Okay. Um, someone wanted to know who your top five fantasy hockey players uh, MVPs were this year. Well, I think we can 
Uh, is it cheating if I just pull up the uh, the league here and and sort by PR? Uh, like I I won't I will try not to to go strictly off PR. I'll I'll try to you know predict future here. Yeah, sure. That's you could do like uh you could either do like one at each position um or or just just whatever you want. I guess. I don't... Okay, so. Goldies, obviously, as people found out, hey, they tend to have the most value. So uh, I would say so far, so far, it looks like it's been Jerry and Chesterkin, which, you know, don't don't need to get too excited there. But uh, long term, I think for the, this year, it might have to be Vasilevsky. And that and yeah, let's let's do that. Let's go by position. So we'll do Vasilevsky in goal. The two defensemen, I'll I'll probably say. Uh, well, looks like Fox and Yossi are pretty good. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, we'll just go Fox and Yossi then. I, I want to get Hedman in there, but I, I don't know if he'll be able to make up for, for time there. Uh, right wing, we'll say, I'll, as much as I hate to admit it, let's just say Stamkos. I think, I think he, I think when we come the year, it being up, he'll be that guy. Um, at center, at left wing, rather, uh, it has to be Drysaitel. That's just I love it. I love for it to be Ovechkin or or Marchand, but or Landis Cogger Giroux because you know I have four of the top uh, ten left wings. Sorry, four of the top seven left wings, but it's probably going to be Drysaitel because he has that eligibility, even though he's mostly a center. And then at center itself, uh, McDavid probably. Yeah, very, very Fargo-heavy list over there. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I, I guess your uh, your your left wing situation is kind of similar to my right wing situation. Um, I don't I don't know where exactly where all my guys fall, but I know I've got Stamkos now, Rantanen, Tarasenko's been really good this year. And yeah, those are the only three that I see here on the, the top fifty for you. Well, Garnet Hathaway, but he's, he's way down. Marner's good too, but he's hurt, or he was hurt. Yeah, and he's also been pretty bad this year for relative to his expectations. He started bad, but uh, points in his last three games. So we'll see if he if he's turning it on. Yeah, maybe. Um. Yeah. So, and then the other hockey question. Who are the top three? It's just the same same question, but top three rookies. Like uh, so, I, I know who asked this question. This is I'm gonna ask for your interpretation on it. Should I say for like players playing right now who are rookies for us, or like for this upcoming draft? I would say right now. Actually, I think I clarified it, and he also said right now. So. Okay. Uh, well. Trevor Zegers, Moritz Sider, and uh, Lucas Raymond. Even though Raymond hasn't been called up yet, but yeah, I'll I'll go with the two of the three that are on my team. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Like more, um, I'll I'll take a second here just to to sing Moritz Sider's praises. He's defenseman ten on the year. This is his first season in the NHL. I I truly did not think that when I made that trade with Josh, I would be getting some actual stud here, and I kind of feel bad for Josh. <laughs> Poor Josh. Because uh, full disclosure here, 
Uh, I had asked about him from Josh uh, but before we made the trade, and he had mentioned maybe wanting Nicholas Robertson. And I, even then, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that or not. And then, like, a few months later, I'm like, do you still want to do that? Like, I, I might just talk myself into it just because I want the Red Wing player on my team, even though I don't think he's as good. And Josh like, sure, we can do that. And uh, whoops. <laughs> well, well, I haven't looked into Cider at all, really, just because I don't. I don't have him anywhere. Yeah. Um, he's been really good, man. Like he's he, real life. Like, what's his split? Like, is he? Uh, is he shooting like a really high percentage, or is he? Or what? He just does everything. Like, he only has three goals. But he has three okay, goals, so 23 assists. He has 86 shots, 61 hits, 75 blocks. And uh, 13 was yeah. playing through on the power play. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, so he's uh, literally just doing a little bit of everything. <laughs> and he's done that in 42 games for, for a comparison there. So about two shots, about one and a half hits, not quite two blocks, and about a half a point per game. Yeah, I, that's. I mean, he studies defenseman ten, so. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, we're starting to get into some classic questions. Uh, this one got asked twice, but different ways. So I'm going with the more interesting variation of the question. How are you planning to kill Chris to take over? Uh, being commissioner full time. Um, by mailing a deadly poison when inhaled to his roommate, uh, because because he gets so many packages, I'll just hope that uh, it spreads enough throughout the house. And uh, apologies to the roommate, to Rachel and the cats for being casualties here, but what has to be done has to be done here. All right. Uh, don't. Open any letters anytime soon, Chris, or avoid your roommate at least when she is. Um, okay. What is your favorite vacation slash place you visited? Jeez, I'm admittedly not one for vacation. We just never really done a whole lot of vacations growing up. Just, I would say, I guess if I had to pick one, probably like when we would go down to Florida to visit my uh, my grandparents. It's nice, nice weather. They're, they were they used to live down by Tampa, so okay. You can go out there. You got a little bit with, uh, I guess, like an airboat ride. If you want to call it that, with the boats with the big fans in the back. Yeah, um, I actually went on one of those probably about two, three years ago. Yeah, there was a theme park down there we went to once. A couple nice shops. There's a, a place called Tarpon Springs. If anybody knows of that or wants to look it up, it's like a big like pier or just like different like touristy shops and big with like sponges and whatnot. There's a, a, a nice restaurant at the end of it called Rusty Bellies, which is very like seafood heavy. And it's like right on the, the dock where all the ships come in with, with fish or whatever they went out to to catch. Um, yeah, I'd say probably just Florida in general, like the, the, the Tampa area. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, if you went in the winter, it's definitely uh, nice winter weather. Uh, my, or Catherine's dad lives there now, so we went there for uh, Christmas one year, and it was very warm and nice. 
Yeah, that yeah, that was usually like a like a, a Christmas break or like a spring break trip for us. Yeah. All right, moving on. Who are your three hottest celebrities? Okay, I kind of figured this one was coming, and it shouldn't be a surprise that I'm not very big in to like a ton of pop culture with the chat. So I don't have like a big Rolodex of names here to go through like some of you people who just watch TV all day. <laughs> Dylan's not here anymore, so I can't really throw him, him under the bus. I know like Chris is really big in the TV too, but instead how I'm going to attack this question is through like three different like time periods in wrestling. wrestling. So yeah, we'll go with like female wrestlers here. So Tori Wilson, uh, Nikki Bella and Mandy Rose. Okay, those are my three, my three names. I have right. at least heard of two of those names. Can't really picture any of them though. Yeah. Google Images is your friend, I guess. Yeah, I guess that sounds a lot weirder than it was meant to be, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise I meant just for like curiosity, like who I'm talking about. If you don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't follow wrestling at all. Uh, I know some of the big names, but that's about it. Yeah, that's mostly where I'm at, too. Although the Royal Rumble is this weekend, and I guess I might see if, if Anthony wants to watch it. Or Murph, for all of you people. All right, and then what are your favorite three TV shows? Okay, so... Even though you just said you don't really watch much TV. Yeah, but throughout my my 25 years on this planet i've i've seen a few uh i would in no particular order i would say always sunny and archer are definitely in there the third one i probably would just go mash because i just think it's a really good show um honorable mentions i guess to like the league the office was okay so perks and rec was pretty good um yeah i'll go with always sunny archer and mash yeah uh off, the Office and Parks and Rec are up there for me. Yeah, like The Office is good. Don't get me wrong, but like, I feel like The Office is one of the. It's like a pop culture phenomenon that a lot of people really like, but it it, it kind of like almost has like too much hype behind it, and you watch it, and it's like, eh, it's good, but like with the way some of these people think, it's like they're actually their life, like hashtag looking for the the gym to my Pam kind of stuff. Like, wow, um, it's, it's it's a TV show here. Said the guy yeah. who's recording a podcast for a fantasy baseball league. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can't say I know really who takes that seriously, but uh, the, the gym to my Pam thing, I'm saying. Yeah. No. Right. And that'll bring us to our final question. And I gave you one of the other owners in the league wanted you to do this and they told me to give it to you before uh, uh, before the before I was actually interviewing you so you weren't just doing it live uh, that's but best too. go ahead and rank the DSAC owners your fellow DSAC owners in terms of general team management and who you think will be the toughest to face over time all right. Well, first, I would like to break this live on air that Claude Giroux just scored a goal. So that's cool. The bad news is it's on Ely Sorokin. Mm. That's unfortunate, but I just saw that refresh on my screen. So I wanted people to, to really get the full hockey experience here. But uh, for well, this question. Ryan Rust also just scored. So there you go. 
who are they playing? Uh, the Coyotes. Oh, thank God it's not Winnipeg. Okay. <laughs> I was going to be really upset if it was on Hellebuck. Um, all right. So I guess, geez, like, it's, it's kind of hard to, like, sit here and rank. Like, tiers might almost honestly be the easiest way to do it. But I also didn't really designate tiers here, so I guess that doesn't really matter anyway. Um, first, and I promise this isn't, this isn't sucking up, I would probably just say Alex. Probably this would have to be you with just general, especially in uh, within like hockey and basketball. I think those are two sports where the the fandom between us as a group isn't uh, as in-depth as it might be for you. So I think you might just in general have a leg up on those while also being very competitive in basketball and then, or sorry, baseball rather. And then uh, football, I, with all your picks, I trust that you'll get there eventually. And maybe that's just me speaking as someone who's been burned and beaten by you so many times. You got like some like Stockholm syndrome here going on. <laughs> um, next up, I guess this, I don't know how you want to put it here, here but I had me next because I'm just cocky and biased as all hell. Uh, I think because I have very little life outside of this <laughs> on some levels that I, I'll, by, by sheer time invested, uh, that'll do me good. But you could swap me out with any of the following. Like Josh is incredibly well-versed in this, especially within hockey too. Uh, Ping seems to know what he's doing with baseball very well. Football, he'll have all the picks to get there. Uh, in basketball, despite the fact that he willingly went out and acquired a bunch of injured players, no matter what he'll say, uh, I think he'll eventually get there too. Uh, in ho uh, hockey, I'm not sure about it for, for him with hockey yet, but I think if he just pays attention to it, he's got a good team already. Uh, Keith is another one who I think you could put in that tier. If you listen to the last episode, you could – Pretty easily see how how analytically and how how in depth Keith goes within baseball and basketball, in all the moves he made in football to essentially have a team where it's like all rookies, all rookie salaries, and somehow made the playoffs and made the finals. I mean, he's his best players are making like four million dollars a year. That's that's very worrisome for us in football for the next few years when he's got like his whole team is worth like less than. Dalvin and McCaffrey combined. Uh, doesn't bode well for me. Um, I think that's probably a good tier. Uh, the next two would probably see, I'd probably put Chris here. Oh, Chris uh, is going to be salty on this one. I can just feel it. I mean, I just think with, with all the other leagues and stuff and his whole uh, having a wife and having a honeymoon thing, <laughs> uh, he's not going to have the same amount of time as like me, for example. But I think he's he's really good in hockey. He's he's, he's got that figured out. Uh, I, but what he lacks for me is like football. Like I just don't know if he's really made the best roster decisions there. I know Paul, calling the kettle black and whatnot, but like Zach Moss. Eh. Although he did trade for Justin Jefferson, which is a, very much negates that. Um, and then I don't know. I guess I just not sure. I've seen what I thought I would see from Chris's team in baseball. Like, I guess I just don't, I've been under, underwhelmed by his team in baseball. Um, I'm going to probably adjust my list here. And, eh, mm, 
No, you know, I, I made this list. I'm going to stick to it. I'm not going to adjust it on live on air. So we'll throw Mike in next. Bit of a bold move, I think, but he's been playing. He's He's been in this baseball league with Nathan. I think it's been going for like over 10 years now. So I, yeah. I, I trust that he'll be one of the very best in baseball. And then I, I think he just generally knows at least a little bit about basketball coming into it. And if he can take that similar approach to baseball and basketball, having only two sports kind of helps him because he's not in with the other sports on his own yet. So he doesn't really have four chances to weigh himself down. Although he is coming off of being the emotional leader for a football championship. So he does have that going for him. Uh, next up, I guess we can go with Barry here. I, I feel like Barry is going to hit on a lot more young players than the rest of us, but that might just be because he just has so many. <laughs> like I think a few other people have higher hit percentages, but he just goes all in for the all in for the, the young guys. I know I made the, the the Prince Andrew joke in the chat, which I personally thought was hilarious. But yeah, I think in baseball he'll have a good approach. Hockey, I don't I don't really like Barry's approach to hockey, although he did make a lot of good moves getting prospects. We'll see how he actually builds the roster. Um, football, I'm a little curious about, too, because he'll have to find running backs and quarterbacks, and that's not exactly easy to do. And then basketball, I think we've seen he's pretty good at basketball. So next up, I guess we can throw Nathan in, I think. I think that holds Nathan back on here is being a little too lackadaisical at times. Um, specifically with kind of going for the tank with basketball this year. Um, I think he's made some questionable trades with Barry and hockey, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think any of them to be, <laughs> to be quite honest. And he's made quite a few with Barry uh, football though. You can't really knock him. He has a really good team in football and he had a really good team in baseball, but they just couldn't get the job done. So I think he he can move up if he uh, if the basketball turns around for him. Uh, Paolo probably falls to this part. Unfortunate because outside of like he, I think he's just generally a decent owner, but he has he's been AWOL now since Thanksgiving. So we hope you're doing okay, Paolo. I know you kind of will get what you wanted out of this interview from earlier. Hate you for it, but it was hilarious. So if if Paolo were to even like set lineups, make waiver claims, he could probably have a good case to jump up here. Um, I guess we'll go Murph next, uh, mainly for his football knowledge. Basketball is still a bit of a work in progress, but he was, he inherited a pretty decent team already. So all he kind of has to do is just not do too much of that as he learns and he'll probably have a decent team. And once he has a better handle on things, he's in a pretty good spot with all the draft picks that he has. Um, we'll go with nut next. Maybe that's, a little bit of bias from not not maybe not being the most active in the chat, but generally think he knows what he's doing, especially within baseball. It seems that the activity level there is not really as much as some people with like making different claims and whatnot. So I think that kind of hurts him. That's not another owner where like even just staying on top of like injuries and whatnot would have a, a good case to boost him up. Although football, you can't really put on him because he inherited a really bad start to his draft. That's pretty hard to go. I guess we'll go Sean next here. That's once again, we don't really know too much about Sean other than the fact that he had issues setting his lineup in basketball. But he seems like he knows what he's doing. He just had to be convinced by Chris. They're like, no, 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 this league actually is going to work for me. Not like the other ones I tried that, that failed. 
So Chris and I are really alike there too, in more ways than one with how we've had leagues that we started and failed. Um, that leaves two, we'll go Whams next, just because he like generally made a, made a good move there, picking up Kittle and had a pretty good team that with making no moves during the season, still made the playoffs. And uh, lastly, I guess that leaves Tom. And that's only because Tom doesn't really pay much attention right now. Generally has okay teams, but he doesn't really do waiver claims and just not being active is gonna gonna drag you down. So that's how I would go. Don't feel ashamed or slighted if I put you on a spot in the list you don't agree with. I just kind of did this in like two minutes yesterday. So I didn't put a, a, an incredible amount of thought into each individual ranking, but I do feel pretty good about where I ranked people generally. And there you have it, the official DSAC owner rankings as done by Ronald. Yep. I, I, I do find it interesting that somebody asked this question, despite the fact that I'm probably the person in the group whose opinion the group cares about the least, but <laughs> it is what it is. Well, they, I think they were unsure if you would even do it when when they asked. Um, oh, I'm, I don't, I don't, I have no shame. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Why not? I, I think it's kind of fun. I mean, as long as nobody takes this too seriously and I don't get like random hate mail from people who somehow managed to track down my address about uh, how I ranked you. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's, that's all the questions I had. So. Oh, okay. I, well, let me count how many people contributed. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and I think ten, including myself. You got Dylan in there too. Yeah, Dylan's in there for the comment comments at the beginning. So more than fifty percent. Yeah, a very good amount of contribution on this one. I didn't even ask Wams. Sorry if you're listening, Wams. I think he understands if he is. <laughs> um, I'll take this chance here to say that uh, Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bay have combined for 31 points here just early in the second half. They're on a pretty good game. That's, that's good. Yeah. I've, I've had somebody on my team scored from hockey. I don't know who, though. Oh, it was Latang. Cool. Yeah, the, the Penguins are really carrying you this year. Well, I, I can't really say that because your team is good in general, but the Penguins on your team have been very good contributors. Yeah. Uh, Rust and Gensel have really come to their own. They were doing good when Crosby wasn't even in, in the lineup. Yeah. And then Malkin's just getting back. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Latang's been really good this year, too. Very happy with how they've done. Uh, yeah, I would be too. Oh, Jake Matheson just scored. Nice. Make it two goals now for the Wally on tonight. There you have it. And uh, also, Jake Matheson with a lower body injury will not return to today's game. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened like immediately after he scored. but uh, you like score and then get hit for getting too close to the goalie or something? I don't know. I'll have to figure out how that happened. But yeah, I saw that he scored. I didn't see that earlier, but there's a day-to-day -day next to him, and it looks like he is not return to tonight's game. So uh, this episode has been brought to you by injuries. Happens to me in hockey too. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, when you have guys like Bo Horvat, Jack Eichel, Dougie Hamilton, and Max Pacioretty on IR, that's a, it's a really good team <laughs> on their own. Um, yeah. So like, usually in these, I would have like general talking points. Anything that you had like talking point wise that you wanted me to discuss about the current state of my teams, or do you think that was kind of covered by your uh, the questions that listeners so graciously provided? I think we got enough. Uh, if there's anything you want to touch on, feel free. I don't have any talking points outside of the questions just because there's a lot of questions. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we can see you're not as dedicated to the podcast as I am, but that's okay. It's your, it's I your mean, first time kind of hosting. That is so. accurate considering I'm, I am not the typical podcast uh, host. Which also fair. So uh-huh. Connor Hellbuck got another goal. He's facing Florida tonight, so it's uh two goals already early in the early-ish in the first. Could be a long, long day for the walleye goalies. We're rocking a 750 save percentage, very much like Chris's teams. Oh yeah, I would like to do this too. Uh Chris's goalies suck, man. Like I know we, I kind of mentioned this to you yesterday, but his goalies are bad. Like bad, bad. Yeah, they're I know he had okay, so he's got Bennington and Quick, and Mike Smith on the IR. Yeah, he had uh, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, who he dropped because apparently he was too bad. I, I I didn't know that the there was a level of what you could be too bad for Chris, but apparently he found it. Yeah, I thought Mike Smith was going to be. I didn't think it's going to be like great or anything, but I thought he'd be decent. Yeah, maybe. It's too bad he's been hurt the whole time. Yeah, I honestly wonder if, if Bennington is or uh, Bennington. Uh, I'm doing what Chris is doing. If Bennington is going to lose his his job there. Yeah, I mean that's definitely in play. I mean, his last two games. Be. His last two games, he's allowed 13 goals. Yeah, he's given up 13 in his last two, and then 23 in his last five. It's like one good game in that span. Where he only gave up one goal. And it was against team. Dallas, Chris's team in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, all he's been bad for basically oh, over a month at this point. Yeah. So we'll see. Chris had a chance to claim his backup, but I don't. I think somebody else beat him to it. Yeah, that was Barry. Was it actually Barry? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I said I thought it was a good move in the chat when it happened. Um, yeah, was it was Barry. Oh, wow. I thought Barry had too many goalies. Or not too many goalies, but I thought he had enough goalies that he wouldn't be looking at adding another one. But... Well, he, he still has well, I guess he only Stahl, has who got sent back to the AHL, I think. Yeah, it looks uh, like he went back. Uh... Well, he got promoted from the... Uh... Taxi squad for to be a backup for yesterday. Oh, yeah, with, with, there you go. With, uh, well, because I think uh, Anthony Stolarz is still out, but John Gibson is back, so they don't really need Dostal anymore. So, yeah, it was fun while it lasted for Barry, but he was never going to be a long term solution this year. No. Yeah, he but did yeah. make a nice move on picking up Billy Huso, though. 
that might I don't know if who's I don't think Huso is 943 on a year good but no definitely not but he's, he's a high he's, end yeah he's doing good now uh and yeah, maybe he Bennington's himself up to the uh top of the depth chart there wouldn't be hard to do no uh, Anyway, I don't know if you're even recording anymore. Yeah, I. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of rambling. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe that's a good place to to wrap up here then. If, uh, you haven't asked me little over an hour's worth of questions, and I'm sure you probably have other stuff to do tonight. So probably have to go rescue a few more dogs or whatever. Have them pose for very well taken photos from your uh, your wife's uh, dog Instagram. So. Yeah, uh, she got a new camera recently. So, well, the the photos look good. You can pass it along for me if you'd like. Uh, who do you, do you have? Guys, have like a foster in right now or no? Uh, not right now. We we had one, um, and we took a trip to Chicago around Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving, and passed her off. Oh, cool. So we are we have no fosters now. We'll probably get some, like maybe kittens during, I think spring is technically kitten season. Uh, I'm learning all this, all these terms, but <laughs> apparently like there are all, all the like stray cats start having babies in the spring or something. And then the shelters are overloaded uh, at those times and that's when we usually will take home a few oh. for a little week and then those guys get adopted out really fast so it's a very good insight on uh the, the mating patterns of, of feral cats i you, you, yeah. can, you can only find this information at the dsag podcast folks there you go like <laughs> educational for sports and well, if I'm uh, domestic pets, if, if I'm talking, I don't know how much education there is with, actually with sports, but well, probably, we probably talked about the off season a bit. Somebody hopefully got something out of that. That's fair. Uh, um, but you know, I only asked that because I uh, I saw a dog in the photo and it didn't quite look like. Oh God, who who's the bigger one? Waffles. Yeah, waffles. Okay, it, it just didn't quite look like waffles to me. But uh, I guess I must have been. There was one dog. Uh, oh, do you know when when the picture? Within the last like week or two. About? Oh, the last week or two. Um, it might just be the new camera. No. Uh, do you know what was the dog doing in that picture? Uh, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. I can uh, describe. This is great podcasting, by the way. Um, pull up your uh, the Instagram here. Uh. Snow, it must be, it must be waffles then because it's snow covered. He has little booties on. And he's like running towards the camera. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like in full sprint. Oh yeah, he's uh, jumping over a log. That's what he's doing. Yeah, uh, and uh, the, the the name waffles is in the chat. Is or sorry, in the the uh, description too. If if I had just read, you know. That's, yeah, that's 
it's a, it's a great look for me that I, I had to read like five words or like 10 words to get the waffles name. <laughs> and I couldn't, couldn't even do that. Yeah, he's not known for his, uh, he, he's a pretty chill dog. He's not like a, overactive or anything. So getting an action shot of him is new. Yeah, it's kind of scrolling through some of these. He's either just sitting or standing or laying down. So, yeah. But yeah, it snowed here like two, a week or two ago, and she had just gotten the new camera and wanted to go test it out a bit. So, I think there's two snow pictures of him. Uh, I think they were both taken with that camera. Yeah, they look, they look very good. Yeah, she'll appreciate hearing that. Yeah, def definitely, uh, definitely enjoy some good, uh, some good photos of animals on, on Instagram or on, on Reddit. I, I think I counted the other day. I have like probably like over, I think it's over thirty, uh, cat-related subreddits that I follow. Wow. <laughs> you just you like you see a picture of a cat, you look on the comments, and there's always somebody with like a new and specific subreddit for. For that so it's not just like cats but like it's cats like chirping or uh there's one called like shrimping where they're, they're all like curled up in, in the shape of a shrimp there, there's a lot of them it's like reddit is a is a there's a lot of cats on reddit yeah i don't think i've ever i don't i don't follow cat like animal pictures on reddit i guess um they'll occasionally pop up in some of the like default subreddits that they start you on yeah. But I don't go out and seek them by any means. Yeah, you have like cat loaf, which is just a cat like sitting in the shape of like a bread loaf. Cats, cats are assholes, cats enjoying pets, cats and pants, cats and sinks, cat slaps, cats who chirp, cats who yell, cats with jobs, cat taps. It's there's a lot of them. And that's only the All ones right. that start with cat. If I scroll down through the rest of them, you'll find more. Like this is my life meow for like Cats who are in like situations where they can't really get out of them, like they're being held by a child or something, but they they can't escape, stuff like that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> God, the, right, the, the last go yeah. look up all these subreddits and yeah, see good. what I'm missing out on. The uh, the last ten minutes or so of this episode have been terrible. So if anyone is still listening at this point, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the dedication is impressive. Yes, yeah, so this went really went off the rails. So. Yeah, I, th I think this time we actually uh, wrap it up. I'll let you get back to anything you have to do for the rest of the night. And uh, I will uh, probably do up my dishes here real quick and then record the actual segments for this episode so I can post it for tomorrow for uh, for Barry to do on his evening walk. Uh, evening walk, excuse me. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. All right, and we're going to take a, a quick mention here. Uh, between the interview portion and the recap portion, just to uh, to bring up the fact that we unfortunately had Dylan uh, move on from our league, uh, trying to cut out some of the leagues and spend less time on GroupMe, which, to be quite honest, would be a good thing for all of us to do, but we're all degenerates, and we all like this too much, and we're all stuck with each other, and that's a, a good community to have. But with Dylan gone, uh, I think speak for all of us here we're going to miss him dumping on me mainly i was an easy target for him with how much i run my mouth but he generally was uh quite funny 
very entertaining, could bring different perspectives and uh, a knowledge of different topics, especially within pop culture, to, to keep the chat going whenever I try to make things about myself, which, as Dylan noted in the interview, is um, frequent. So he gave us a nice reprieve from myself. And, uh, yeah, we hope we can uh, hear more from him throughout here, as, uh, you know, he said he's going to keep in touch with uh, the few of us. I know he's in some leagues with uh, some of the other people in here, but we will miss him. We hope that he has a ton of success in those other leagues, especially if he's in them with Chris. Beat the hell out of Chris, please, for us, Dylan. And, uh, yeah, we hope that uh, the way we've divvied up Dylan's teams between Sean, Mike, and uh, Ping, with Sean getting the football team, Mike getting baseball and basketball, and then Ping stepping up to the uh, the plate with hockey. Uh, we hope that we can get some some good value out of our new arrangement here with the owners. And I know that Dylan left because he wasn't feeling like he was contributing with the set in the lineups in with these owners hopefully sitting in the lineups more frequently. We'll get to see how good of teams uh, Dylan built because I think we can all attest to this. He's uh, pretty good at this, and he had some pretty good teams that would have con- competed and contended a lot more with uh, daily uh, lineups. But with that, let's get on to the recap. All right, we actually have enough deals from this past week to have our own trade segment this this episode so, we will lead off with hockey here, as we saw Barry and Nathan make yet another deal, and much like the first few deals between these two, this is a side where I, I think I like Barry's return more. But I don't think this is a terrible trade. I prefer Butchnevich to Verana, and I prefer a first-round pick to Cam York, but Cam York still has a lot of promise. He's going to put up a lot of points with Philadelphia. That's kind of his... His thing is driving the offense. He put up some really crooked numbers with the U.S. NTDP in that class with uh, Jack Hughes and Alex Turcotte and, uh, of course, Trevor Zegras, Cole Caulfield. Like, that was a otherworldly talented uh, uh, class there with the U.S. NTDP, and I think Cam York will be pretty good. And I will say this about Verona, too, is he has some really good uh, scoring rates at 5-on-5 five five on a per-60 basis. So playing in Detroit now, he got a few games at the end of last year and really lit it up. So if he can continue even at like 75% of that pace, this could be a pretty decent trade for uh, for Nathan. But currently as it stands, I trust Butchnevich more, and I think he just contributes to a bit more a bit more in terms of categories. The one caveat here, though, is if Nathan's pick is first or second in next year's draft, uh... Barry just pulled off highway robbery because uh, Connor Bedard and Matvey Michkov are just absolute studs. So hopefully for Nathan's sake that doesn't happen. I would hate to see Nathan for forego a uh, a real franchise cornerstone to, to grab Cam York. We did have a basketball trade, and shocker, it's Barry and Nathan. And this one, I think I actually like uh, Nathan's side more. I think Ubre is just the better player here. I'm not exactly fond of Ubre as a real-life basketball player, but for fantasy, he does just fine. And uh, Brandon Boston and Josh Christopher are kind of just two lottery tickets. Uh, late first-round draft picks in real life. I just am not overly sold that either one will be a 
a massive contributor in fantasy. But, as Barry pointed out, Oubre's contract perhaps a bit too too much for, for Barry's liking, and he'll get two guys who are cheaper and keep on going with the youth in Scunthorpe. And I can see the motive for Barry there, but I do think Nathan uh, comes out ahead in value in this one, even if Oubre won't really do much for Nathan, who is uh, trying to tank. And then we had some uh, movement in baseball, and we'll lead off with, stop me if you've heard this before, Barry and Nathan. Uh, Barry trades, this is kind of shocking me, Fran Mil Reyes and Andres Jimenez, along with uh, $8 million in cap space for next year in exchange for Luis Urias, a second rounder and a first rounder. So on first thought, this seemed like a, uh, a bit much to give up perhaps on Nathan's side because you see the first rounder there, but Nathan is also a really good baseball team, and that first rounder is probably not going to be in the lottery. And I think long-term, Luis Arias is not great. I think Fromil Reyes can probably uh, beat him out relatively easily. And then if Andres Jimenez can... Uh, man, I spelled his name horribly wrong. Jeez. I'm fixing that on the sheet right now. Um, I think Jimenez can probably... Uh, be serviceable for Nathan. I think in the end of the day, both teams will be relatively happy with this deal as Nathan gets a little better for for this year and Barry gets to look more towards the future where he can draft some 16-year-old J2 prospect who nobody else here has probably heard of. I'm just speculating there what uh, what those deals will be. Next up, we saw Keith and Mike make a deal. Mike's uh, introduction to the league and trading. He saw... Uh, Keefe sent him his beloved Aaron Nola as a Phillies fan and then $10 million in salary for the next three years to cover three years of the four left on Nola's deal in exchange for George Kirby, who I was in on with Mike and failed to get, and Anthony Volpe. I really like this deal from Keefe's side. I think he gets two pretty high-end prospects here, but I also like this deal on Mike's side as he desperately needed pitching, and he gets a guy that he likes, and he gets him for free for the next three years. And Aaron Nola can be really good. If you look at his numbers, he has a great whip. The home runs aren't great, and it just seems like he's gotten unlucky with some of the uh, the numbers. Some of those underlying numbers that kind of predict ERA, it looks like he's really kind of underperformed now for, at least for last year. And I think he can, if he can bounce that back and he have an ERA in the mid-threes, he strikes out a ton of guys. He doesn't walk batters. And I think Aaron Nola could be a, perhaps a fringe top 10, probably top 15 starting pitcher next year if, if things if things go just decent for him, perhaps even higher if things go well. Although I, I would like to take this chance to remiss my inability to land George Kirby in trade. Uh, Kirk, uh, Kirby was originally Vib's property, and I had planned on asking Vib about George Kirby. I think I'd reached out to him and he said, maybe we'll talk about this year later. I'm kind of busier at the moment. And then he just kind of ghosted us. So I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll get lucky and the next owner can can pick up where I left off with that. And the next owner was Dylan. And Dylan had somebody who would just sneak into minor league games and I'm going to use air quotes here, scout. And uh, he had told Dylan that George Kirby was like really good and he should really hold on to him. And so Dylan wouldn't trade with me. So then Dylan leaves and Mike shows up. I'm like, answering all Mike's questions here with 
trying to help him get uh, acclimated to the league. And like, well, you know, if you ever want to move Kirby, I would be highly interested in it. And we talked about it a little bit. But uh, since he had mentioned that he had wanted an arm, Keefe had reached out about Nola. And it turns out that Kirby was a guy that both Keefe and I were interested in. And to be quite honest, uh, Keefe just had pieces that fit Mike's timeline better. And now Keefe is very adamant on uh, keeping Kirby. So we've gone now through four different teams that have prevented me from getting a prospect that I generally would like to have on my team because I, I think of Kirby relatively highly, even though there was a bit of an issue there at the end of the year where it looked like, ah, maybe, maybe he might not be be uh, fully healthy there. With uh, I think he had a bit of a shoulder issue. But I, I do think that he has a very good skill set long term. But it is what it is. And the last deal we have here was Keith getting involved again on a sign-and-trade. He used one of his extensions on Emmanuel Classe. He extended him, I believe, for three years. Uh, he sent that along with J.J. Blade and the $6 million for Emmanuel Classe's uh, salary for those three years in 2022, 2023, and 2024 to Josh in exchange for Brandon Marsh. And for Brandon Marsh's case, I really hope he hasn't bought houses with how much he's moved around. I think he started with Barry, was traded to... I actually have the tab up, but I can control F this. Do this live on the air. Okay, so Brandon Marsh was traded from Barry to Keefe. Nope, that's not the first one. Okay. The first one here is Brandon Marsh going from Paolo to Barry. Barry traded him to Keefe for Shane Baz. Both of those happened last year. In this calendar year, Marsh was in a package that came back to Barry in a package that saw Shane Baz go back to Keefe for reasons I, I don't know. And then now, Brandon Marsh is going from Keefe to Josh. This will be his fourth different team in the fifth time he has changed teams if you want to count him being drafted at the start. So really being uh, being passed around the league here. But that'll do it for all the trades this week. All right, let's recap hockey from last week. First matchup saw Chris beat Josh 7-5 in a close one as our commish uh, barely squeaked one out against a, a try-to-tank Josh. Chris did get uh, a big boost here from a former Connecticut Whale player getting five goals and two assists from Chris Kreider, who was the first player in the NHL to hit 30 goals, currently leading the league in that category. He got two goals and three assists to go with 19 shots from Rupe Hintz, six goals from Timo Meyer, including a five-goal performance, three and three from Tyler Sagan, and a goal and six assists from Joe Pavelski. Meanwhile, Josh got two and four from Adam Fox. Adam Fox, once again, seems to really turn it up when he's uh, facing Chris. Must have a chip on his shoulder from that. He got two and three from Jacob Truba in a move that looks bad for me in hindsight as I traded him to Josh, mainly for cap reasons. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Jacob Truba's been really good this year. That's unfortunate for me, but fortunate for Josh, who gets another studly uh, fantasy Rangers defenseman. He got two goals and two assists on 23 shots from Kyle Connor, a goal and three assists from Nikita Kucherov, and then two wins to go with a 1-6-1 goals against and a 9-5-2 save percentage from Darcy Kemper. Uh, Tom took down Nathan. Uh, Tom got a goal and four assists from Nick Suzuki, 
going three assists from Shea Theodore, two goals, two assists from Matt Duchesne, two goals, four assists from Alex Tuck. Meanwhile, Nathan got a goal and four assists from Jonathan Huberto, who has been on a heater to end all heaters these last few weeks. I think he has more assists in the last, like, 15 or 20 games than anybody else has points in that span. He got three goals and an assist from Jesper Bratt, uh, two goals, four assists from Andrei Svechnikov, and then five assists from John Klingberg. Uh, third matchup here is Kevin taking down Barry 7-5. Barry hanging tight in this one. Uh, Kevin got a goal and four assists from Devon Taves, four assists from Adam Pellick, two goals, three assists for Matthew Kachuk, and five assists from Johnny Gaudreau. Barry's defense really showed up here. A goal and five assists from Rasmus Dahlin, four goals, or sorry, four assists, rather, from uh, Mikhail Sergachev, and a goal and three assists from Sam Girard. Alex took down Jared 9-3, getting four assists each from Vladimir Tarasenko and Rust. He had a goal and five assists from Tomas Hurdle. Three goals, three assists from Jeff Skinner, who seems to be uh, finding his stride after a couple of down years in Buffalo. And then five goals and one assist from Sidney Crosby, including a hat-trick performance. Uh, Jared got six assists from Matt Zuccarello, a goal and six assists from Tony D'Angelo, three goals and one assist from David Pasternak, and then two goals, two assists from Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, the last matchup here saw myself take down Ping, the newly uh, minted hockey owner, Ping. 8-3-1, to three to one. goal and four assists from Big Jeff Carter, goal and three assists from Sebastian Ajo, three goals, two assists for Sasha Barkov, three goals and an assist for Ove- Ovechkin and Claude Giroux, goal and four assists for Burt, and then two wins, a .5 goals against, and a 977 save percentage from Ilya Sorokin. Meanwhile, Ping got three goals, two assists from Kirill Kaprizov, goal and six assists from Mika Zibanejad, a goal and three assists, and 50 face-off wins for Ryan O'Reilly. The uh, Barry Stars of the Week saw Chris take home three of the skaters, including first star Chris Kreider, uh, second star Mike Matheson from Ping, although that is a bit misleading as Matheson was only on Ping's roster for the last day of the matchup. And Barry seems to want to give him credit for the whole week, which eh, it's not how it'll show up on the stats, but whatever. Uh, third star was Adam Fox of Josh. Once again, Adam Fox, a third star performance in the matchup against his previous owner. Don't think he didn't have this matchup circled on his calendar. And then lastly, the other two Chris Skaters, Rupe Hintz and Timo Meyer. Uh, the goalies, Philly Husso with Barry, Tristan Jari with Alex, and Capo Kakonen with Tom. Who won the matchups, or the categories rather, this week? Chris with 29 goals, Alex with 41 assists, Chris with 301 faceoffs, Chris with 257 shots, Chris with 138 hits, Alex with 90 block shots, Barry with 26 defense points, Alex with 27 special teams points, Alex with 7 wins, Alex with 250 saves, and then Josh with a goalie ratios of a 189 goals against and a 944 save percentage. Taking a look at these standings here, Alex still in first, 28 games up on me. I have put a little distance between myself and Chris now, as Chris is eight and a half games back of me in third. Uh, Jared sitting in fourth. Kevin sitting in fifth. Nathan in sixth. King in seventh. Tom in eighth. Josh in ninth. Barry in tenth. Matchups for this week. 
after I pull this up. It will be the second place Walleye and fourth place Jared. Uh, fifth place Kevin and first place Alex. Sixth place Nathan and seventh place Ping. Third place Chris and tenth place Barry. Ninth place Josh and eighth place Tom. And let's wrap up here with basketball. First matchup here saw the new owner of basketball, Mike, take down Ping 7-2 and a, uh, a nice win for Valley Jobin. He got 125, 16, and 36 to go with 23 pointers from Trey Young, 105, 23, and 24 for SGA, and then 80, 12, 36 to go with 11 stocks and 17 three pointers for Fred Van Vliet. Pretty strong week there for Mike. Meanwhile, Ping got 99, 13, and 29 from Reggie Jackson. Yeah, probably not a, a good sign if Reggie Jackson is your big star of the week, but I digress. And then 67, 14, and 24 from Brad Beal. Uh, next up here saw Barry take down Nathan 7-2 as he keeps on rolling. He got a monstrous four-game week from Joel Embiid with 160. That's right, 160. 45 and 15 to go with a 58 field goal percentage from Joel Embiid. He got 111, 19, and 25 in a full game slate of a week from Kyrie, showing how good he is when he's actually able to play, which could perhaps spell Barry's doom depending on when uh, he has home games. And then 81, 20, and 33 from Terry Rozier. And then 80, 38, and 15 from R.J. Barrett, who continues to score at above his season average, and 73-23 and 23 to go with 13 blocks from Jaron Jackson. 13 blocks in a week. That's insane. Uh, Nathan got 109, 34, and 30 to go with 10 stocks and a 65% field goal percentage from Nikola Jokic in a battle of the bigs. Jokic only had three games to Embiid's uh, four games, but still held his own. And then he got 78 and 57 to go with 13 stocks from Rudy Gobert. Josh took down Tom 5-4 in a matchup that saw Josh have uh, some instability there. He didn't really have a ton of standout performances here, but still got 90, 33, and 16 from Giannis. And then 53, 11, and 39 to go with 11 stocks from Chris Paul. And that was enough to skate by here. Tom did, however, get 56, 36, and 12 from John Collins. And then 58 points to go with 14 three-pointers from Patty Mills. Uh, Murph put a beating on Paolo, 8-1. to one. Got 131, 31, and 29 from Ja. 101, 39, and 11 from Miles Bridges. 87, 29, 22 to go with 12 stocks for Pascal Siakam. Meanwhile, Paolo's team that's not setting lineups got 117, 37, and 21 from LeBron. And then 90, 30, and 43 from James Harden. Alex keeps his belt and stays undefeated as he beats Chris 6-3. Got 117-34-20 from Jason Tatum, including, I believe, a 50-something point performance. Uh, he got 111-30-22 from Chris Middleton. 83-19-16 and 14 three-pointers from C.J. McCollum. Chris got 130-13-18 from DeMar DeRozan. And then 126-44-36 to go with 12 stocks from Luka Doncic. Uh, we have myself beating Keith 8-1 in the joint highest uh, margin of victory of the week. I got 79, 64, and 12 to go with 13 stocks from Yusef Nurkic. 80, 
10, 23, and 15 three-pointers from Anthony Simons, and then 92, 16, and 34 with 15 three-pointers from a slumping Steph Curry. A slumping Steph Curry is still pretty good. Meanwhile, Keefe got 84, 29, and 14 from uh, Jalen Brown, and then 48, 31, and 19 from Josh Giddy. And last but not least, Sean won. Yeah, Sean actually beat somebody. Sean's team with guys like Dean Wade, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Marcus Morris, Dennis Smith Jr., Jeremy Lamb, O'Shea Brissett, George Hill. Yeah, that team won. Sorry, Nut, but Nut was the, the un- unfortunate person who had a few injuries and just couldn't quite put up the same volume. Uh, that being said, Sean did really only have one standout performance, and it was Chris Duarte with 79, 23, and 16 with nine stocks and nine three-pointers, which to be fair is a pretty good week from a rookie. And then Nutt got 60, 22, and 12 with eight stocks from Carl Anthony Towns. But still, Sean won. He he won 6-2-1. to two to one. Okay, I did not expect it. The five Barry Stars of the Week... First star, Nikola Jokic of Nathan. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. I thought Joel Embiid would be second star, but I thought Barry would have put him first. Uh, and then Luka Doncic, third star. Chris Middleton, fourth star. Fred Van Vliet, fifth star. That's Nathan, Barry, Chris, Alex, and Mike, respectively. The uh, leaders of the categories here. Chris won field goal percentage with 48.1. Alex won free throw percentage with 838. He won three-pointers with 98. He won rebounds with 379. He won assists with 210. Chris answered back with 54 steals, but Alex answered that back with 43 blocks. Tom interrupted this parade here with 46 turnovers, and then Alex kept it off with 962 points. So, if you're keeping track at home, that is eight of the nine categories won by Alex or Chris, and they faced off against each other this week. That was a true heavyweight bout. And here, taking a look at the standings, seeing uh, who is where after this. Pretty close standings, so we're going to see a little bit of movement here in the standings. Alex still in first by four and a half games up on Josh. Uh, Barry is in third place, four games back of Josh. I am sitting in fourth place now, 20 games back of Alex. Chris is in 5th place, also 20 games back of Alex. Murph is in 6th place, 20 and a half games back of Alex. Nutt is in 7th, 22 games back of Alex. Uh, Tom is in 8th. Valley Jobin. Mike is in ninth. Uh, Ping, that's the name. Yeah, Ping is in 10th. Keith is in 11th. Nathan is in 12th. Uh, Paolo is in 13th. And wouldn't you know it, Sean is in 14th, but he's only a half game back of 13th. Sean's tank is in uh, desperate, desperate uh, dire of uh, missing the last, uh, the last slot in the standings. Taking a look at the matchups for the week, Blue Water Walleye taking on Valley Jobin. Currently it sits 62-1 uh, to as I read off these uh, matchups, so I anticipate that will probably uh, stay the course here. Cade had an absolute magical game tonight, and I'm sure he will be in the recap next week. Uh, the next matchup is 14th place Sean and 5th place Chris. Uh, 
Sixth place, Murph, and seventh place, Nut, and what should be a good one. Uh, second place, Josh, and uh, first place, Alex. And this could be a real haymaker as well. We got third place, Barry, and 13th place, Paolo, in a matchup that's probably going to uh, favor uh, Barry there. Tenth place, Ping, and eighth place, Tom. Eleventh place, Keith, and twelfth place, Nathan. So... With the exception of uh, Barry and Paolo, and then uh, Chris and Sean, there's a lot of uh, very even matchups this week, and I'm very curious to see how they pan out. Hopefully there's a lot of 5-4s and 6-3s. I want to see a lot of close matchups this week and uh, see just how good the parity is in this league. All right, and that concludes our recap. Another big thank you to Alex for being willing to take this on after a suggestion in the chat that I and the one interviewed here. Uh, I figured, as I mentioned off the top, it was only fitting to have him be the person to uh, to put me to task here. And I think he did an excellent job, and I hope you all agree. I mean, after all, it was you people who asked questions, and I hope that uh, they were asked in exactly the inflammatory way they were meant to be. And I hope that I was able to uh, give honest answers and yet... Uh, very weaselly, uh, smarm, smarmy, uh, get out of them and, and act as cocky as you would expect me to. But with, uh, with that being said, we can, uh, wrap this up here and I will be back again next week with another episode and we will catch you all next time.